Welcome to the MBG Podcast. Let's fire everybody. Welcome, everyone, to episode number three of the Message Board Geniuses podcast. This is Who's, and with me, of course, today are Casey and MBG. How are we doing tonight, fellas? Fantastic, Who's. Glad to be back. No, I'm back doing the, so great. Back for the third episode. We're in week eight of the college <laughs> football season, now in the books. Probably the biggest game of the week was number 16, Syracuse, taking on the number five, Clemson Tigers. Casey was looking a little dicey for your boys there for a while. Yeah, it's funny. Four-year-old son was begging me to take a bike ride with him. And I was like, no, not right now, because I was getting a little angry. And then when we went down 21, I say we, when Clemson went down 21-7, I got right back on that bike and we went on a nice long bike ride. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to go with, uh, and I know this is a family-friendly show, with the F them kids uh, (laughs) response. (laughs) That would be on brand. But uh, no, it was, I need to do something. So thankfully, my four-year-old kind of saved me from breaking a TV. So do we have a quarterback controversy now in Clemson or not? It depends on who you talk to. The Clemson fans and the faithful say absolutely not. Uh, The media, the pundits that don't really watch our games say absolutely. But I don't think so, no. Didn't Dabo say there wasn't one? Yeah, there was. Cade Klubnick came in and threw four passes. And he didn't look that great, right? No, and ran himself into a sack. Like, no, it just DJ just was not having a good day. He he bad DJ was there, and that's what we got. And yeah, and that, just, that wasn't a K comeback, right? I mean, you guys yeah, start running the ball on Syracuse, fell apart. And listen, I'm very familiar with uh, Syracuse's offensive coordinator because he was UVA's offensive coordinator for the last several years, and he tends to make some curious play calls. In well, big you games. told me that. You yeah. told me that. You said, "Don't worry about it. Robert and I will show up in the second half, or something of that to that nature." And <laughs> they so did. You you called your shot. Yeah, I was not pleased with Sean Tucker's usage against. Uh, <laughs> That's what I was just going to say. How do you not use arguably the best running back in the conference at all in the second half? The only thing that he had in the first half was like a 16-yard run, a 12-yard run, and then a wheel route for a touchdown. Yeah, when he got schemed to go against defensive end and KJ Henry, I mean it was a no no match whatsoever. And then he just went completely ignored him in the second half. It was yeah, five carries for like fifty five yards for so the game. He yeah. was not pleased. Yeah, he 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 said he was pleased, but I I don't believe him. <laughs> All right, so MBG, the Utah State Aggies took on Wyoming in the battle for Jim Bridger's rifle this weekend. How'd that go? <laughs> I mean, it was a snore fest. <laughs> it didn't end up well. If you start your four-string quarterback, you can pretty much guess things aren't going to go well. So that's two years in a row that the Jim Bridgers rifle will reside in Laramie, which I feel sorry for. If you've ever been to Laramie, you would feel sorry for Jim Bridgers' rifle. <laughs> it's. I'll be honest. I don't know who our fourth-string quarterback is. Like I, I genuinely have no clue. So well, be happy about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah his, his stats didn't look great. Is it weird that I do? 
you don't know UVA's, I hope, because no, then you've no. got a problem. Yeah, I do right. have a problem. <laughs> Georgia Tech, UVA, kicked off the week on Thursday. We actually came away with a win. I had a world's colliding moment that you guys know about. We turned the ball over. We, UVA, look, I spent seven years in Charlottesville, so I use we. I paid enough tuition where I feel entitled to, to use the we. We turned the ball over twice in our first five plays. Our message boards predictably erupted. So I'm texting with my college buddies. I get a text from my buddy Brian saying that his son, Ben's post, had just been tweeted by none other than the message board genius himself. Ben then retweeted it and wrote, made it on message board geniuses, life has been made, which I thought was <laughs> awesome. So that was my highlight from the UVA game. And MBG, I, I heard that you agreed to go on his uh, podcast even. Yeah. I mean, anybody that makes it on MBG, I will go on their podcast. You're a very nice guy. He He's literally, this kid is literally, I say kid, he's like 21 years old. He's, he's very fired up to have you on. So we'll give that a shout out when it happens. Before we get into the post this week, we were going to try a new segment that we're calling Genius of the Week. So each of us is going to nominate a player, coach, team, or conference we did something uh, particularly dumb this week and then see if we can decide on who the, the real genius of this week is. So who wants to kick this off? I, I'm going to stick with our little triumvirate here and talk about the UVA Georgia Tech game. And I did watch. I tuned in for every second because you know, I'm sorry about that. I, know. <laughs> I appreciate if, it. But I, I'm if sorry. I if I had insomnia, it would have been cured. However, <laughs> I stayed up for every second and I wish I didn't. Because Zach Gibson, the quarterback, backup quarterback who was in for Jeff, injured Jeff Sims, on fourth down, it may not even have been fourth down, but it was the last play of the game. Yeah. The last play of the game, you have to throw the ball, and he doesn't, and he runs out of bounds to end the game without even giving his his team any sort of chance. And I was literally my mouth was on the couch because uh, it was I just you have uh, right now I'm stammering because yeah how do you not even just throw it up. I started giggling like a moron, like I, because (laughs) we've lost so many games like that. You know, we're up seven. Uh, They've got one play left and, you know, he's rolling out, rolling out, rolling out. And I'm just thinking, oh my God, like, you know, what craziness is going to happen? And he just kind of like gingerly waltzed out of bounds without even trying to throw down field. So yeah, no, I, I I personally appreciated that. (laughs) The best part for me was he looked back at his bench and kind of shrugged. As if the coaches were like, ah, you know what? You're right. Yeah, I would have ran out of bounds too. What was I supposed to do? Right? We wanted zero chance of winning, not 2% chance. Genius. All right, MBG, what you got? Okay, mine. my nominee is Ohio State fans. They played Iowa, right? They ended up beating Iowa 54 to 10. I think everybody knew they were going to beat Iowa pretty good. But at one point in the game, they were down 7-3 early because Iowa scored a defensive touchdown. And on the message boards, there's posts that I posted where they're saying, C.J. Stroud is a pansy. C.J. Stroud and the (laughs) offense look horrendous. Bye-bye Heisman. Let me tell you, he's not the best quarterback in America. This is how you lose games against Iowa. Nice job, Day. Ryan Day is stubborn. Uh, Stroud is a another P word. <laughs> Just going on and on, and we're yeah. we're five we're five minutes into the first quarter of a game that 
everybody in America knows they're going to win going away. And they're all over uh, CJ Stroud and Ryan Day early on. So they're my geniuses of the week. And they won by what, 40? It was 54 to 10. I mean, it was 16. It was 16 to seven at the end of the first quarter. You know, they're kicking field goals, but they're—I mean—they're just moving the ball all over the place, with the exception right. of the one def- defensive uh, score. So the fact that they get so down on uh, Stroud and Day uh, after the first few minutes of a game against Iowa. Um, so I told you guys about mine earlier. So I'm going with Weber State head coach Jay Hill, uh, who that's we- that's long- Weber State. Who's Weber State? Weber. I'm sorry, Weber State. See, <laughs> you can. Just fix that, Casey, in post-production. Weaver State head coach Jay Hill, who left his long snapper in the game into the third quarter, despite the fact that he air-mailed four snaps through the end zone um, for four safeties. I don't know if you guys saw these, but they were not cheapies. Like, two of them came from the 30-yard line. One of them was, like, through the corner of the end zone. So it was, you know, like 20 feet over the punter's head and on a direct diagonal in a game that they end up losing by five points, and it was their first loss of the year. So, I mean, either I'm assuming they've got a backup long snapper, and if you don't, just – and maybe I'm an idiot – just chuck it downfield and hope either team <laughs> catches it, right? I mean, just – Just have your punter Just have your punter take it from right under center and just – Yeah, I mean, like literally <laughs> anything has to be better than four safeties. And – I mean, again, these these were even close. I feel bad for the kid. It's not, you know, like he had the yips, obviously. Yeah, so he left him in there for way too long. So, I don't know. That's a tough one. What do you guys think? Well, I can't laugh at Weber State because they beat Utah State by four touchdowns in Logan. And so, I wish they would have snapped some balls out of the end zone. Uh, we would have taken eight free points. We would have taken eight free points and made it a two-touchdown game. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't pronounce Weber State, so – I don't think I can pick them either. I think I might have to go with the Ohio State fans. Sounds good to me. I, I, I would agree. That, we've talked about that. That kind of goes with our show. We've talked about that in the past, about being the favorite fan, I think, of MBG, of that guy that just all of a sudden goes berserk, usually right. at the beginning of the season. But once <laughs> the first thing goes wrong, there it is. There they are. They show up. So. Every time I find those, I always cheer for that team to win, just so that those guys who early on were getting so upset look silly at the end. I think I think I had a lot of those with LSU fans when they were down 17-3 to Mississippi Ole Miss. I think there was a ton of them all upset with Brian Kelly and Daniels, and we're all upset. And then all of a sudden at the end of the game, it's like, oops, LOL. They never come back, though, right? They never come <laughs> yeah. back and say, my bad. Yeah, and no, they never. always learn their lesson. There's zero chance those same people are doing it the next time they get down by, you know, two touchdowns. Really. <laughs> Every time. I should keep I should keep closer tabs on the posters who are doing that. Right. So have like a repeat offenders list uh, <laughs> that we can talk about. One quick housekeeping note before we get into the message board posts. Our buddy, MBG at Board Geniuses on Twitter, passed 60,000 followers this week. So it's a pretty big benchmark, man. What are you – is it two years in at this point? Uh, Yeah, a little over two. My mom is very proud. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it's all about, man. Yep, she's quite proud of my achievements. When you were growing up as a kid, you were saying what you wanted to be, doctor, lawyer – 
60,000 viewer, uh, 60,000 yep. followers on Twitter. Yep. A, a real big time Twitter celebrity. <laughs> so, so now I'm actually interested. Does your mom know about your Twitter account? No, you, my mom probably doesn't even know what Twitter is. So, my so our parents are probably close to the same age. So I I told my mother I was doing a podcast, and she hasn't figured out how to play it yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some things are just best left yeah. uh, unsaid. My mom and dad are trying to watch it live. Okay. <laughs> I told them it's not live. It's not yeah. video. That's gonna be you tough. Can't watch it. Yeah, we tell make too many them, mistakes them. to do this live anyway. So, just tell them you're on Fox. Um, <laughs> just have them watch it until they see you. <laughs> you know, that's funny. A little side note, and we don't, it, it could be cutting room floor here, but I was an extra in a few movies, and one was Remember the Titans. And so I told my parents that I was in the, on the Hayfield Hawks, which is the first team that the, the Titans played. And so they said, what number are you? And I said, I was 77. And I was just on the sideline, but the camera, you know, panned our faces multiple times. My mom went to the theater, told everybody sitting around them that I was in the movie. There was no no shot of the sideline of the Hayfield Hawks whatsoever. <laughs> was oh, man. She was still so proud, though, of her boy that was in a movie. So, I'll listen, I'll admit, I was going to go rent the movie and look for you. So I'm, gl I'm glad you've... <laughs> finish the story off you can tell that you're on a podcast with a guy who has sixty thousand twitter followers i will she's gonna be proud she will be i've always been a hanger on you know <laughs> all right mbg so what do we got for post this week so there was this post this was a funny post from a miami fan we'll stay in the acc we'll stay in the acc quite a bit today so this is a guy on the Canes Insight Board. He posted this after Miami had lost to Duke of all teams. And they lost bad, right? They lost by three or four scores, didn't they? Oh, they got boat raced, yeah. They had eight yeah, turnovers. They, yeah. And I've never been to a game at Miami, but this is kind of how I picture things go in a game uh, in Miami. And the poster says this. He says, I caused mayhem in the blue lot. I was walking to my car after the game, and a Duke fan started running his mouth to me. Big mistake. I'm not sure what exactly he thought he was going to accomplish because he was unconscious within 10 seconds of yapping to me. His family was in horror, and there were a few Canes fans cheering me on as I drove away. My wife refused to get into my car with me and took an Uber home instead. Frick this team. How was your Saturday? So, first of all, the, the guys, I don't know if it's his name or like his subtitle, but it's cover three. And then under that is I fight at tailgates. So <laughs> this is very on brand for this guy, I think. Yeah, I love how I love how he ends it. Just how was your Saturday? And the best part is, is that he was obviously with his wife and she wasn't even going to ride home with him. She just got an Uber and went home and sent him home by himself. <laughs> Having been to games at Miami and even games that there weren't Miami teams playing there at the Orange Bowl, like, I don't know. There's a fine line here. Like, I'm not sure this guy's joking. I think he is. Well, I don't think, I'm, I'm not I don't sure. Think he is. <laughs> but, come on, who's? There's no Duke fans. 
<laughs> but do you guys go to game? Do you guys go to games with your wives? My wife hasn't been to a Clemson home game since the Clemson lost to Pittsburgh. And I don't know if you know this, but they've won 38 straight games. And the last time that lost was to Pittsburgh. <laughs> so the answer is no. Hey. She... <laughs> She's not going back. How who's do you go to games with your wife? So, yeah, I mean, she'll go. I mean, at, I can say if I get in a fight, I mean, her ass is going to be making fun of me at, immediately <laughs> because she knows she's going to be taking me home in a body bag if that happens. Um, I mean, this is actually a pretty good marketing opportunity for Uber, right? Like, <laughs> there's a commercial in here somewhere. We'll take your wife home. Right? <laughs> also, I mean, I'm not a criminal lawyer. I've never done any criminal law, but I'm not sure that documenting your felonies on a message board is, <laughs> is necessarily the best idea. <laughs> I might advise against that if I were this guy's counsel. Yeah, I'd like some confirmation as to whether this happened. I I, I didn't get any um, in the post <laughs> itself, but I'd still like confirmation. Because I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing this Duke guy might have uh, put up more of a fight than just 10 seconds worth. Have, have you met any Duke fan? I mean, Casey will back me up on this. <laughs> Not football. Yeah, I've literally never met a Duke football fan. <laughs> So you think at most a Duke fan has 10 seconds in him or? Well, the Duke basketball fans are also Alabama football fans. So they're right. They're a little <laughs> and Yankee fans, I think uh, sometimes Laker fans, you know, just depends. Well, this is just, I mean, this is just how I always picture a Miami game to be. And maybe I'm, I'm wrong because I've never been to a Miami game, but I really didn't bat an eyelash when I read this. I just assumed that that was kind of par for the course and someone's <laughs> just finally documenting it. Well, I think they announced 54,000 fans this past weekend, but if you saw any photos of the game or watched any minute of the game, if there were 54 fans, it was a lot. That place was a lot of people dressed up as empty seats in that game. For How many does that stadium hold? There's, I mean, there's it's no like way there are 54,000 there. Yeah, there's, there's no chance. Last year's Florida State game or two years ago had 47, and it was packed. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, they, that was, they were not 54,000 there. But there was well, one guy dumb enough to run his mouth to cover three. So, <laughs> Well, staying in the state of Florida, I think uh, Florida State had a bye last week, but I think they had lost to Clemson the week before. And I'm not sure that those guys down there really sold on Mike Norvell. Um, and so I'm going to read a post from a Florida State poster who – is really upset with Mike Norvell, and he thinks he has a great idea for a replacement. So I want you guys to think, if if you're thinking of the best replacement you can for Mike Norvell, who immediately comes to mind? Who do you think would make a big <laughs> splash down at Florida State? Er. And I know there's only one name that comes to mind, and this guy is going to bring it up. This is uh, from War Chant, which is an on three board uh, from a guy named Dalen Knoll, 92. And he says, potential hire. The way FSU has played the last three weeks has put a lot of doubt on the Norvell era. Now, if things go sideways the rest of the season, I think FSU needs to make a run at Kirk Ferentz. <laughs> Iowa, fans are, Iowa fans are tired of him, and he may need a change of scenery. 
tough coach, great defenses. Just don't let him bring his son as OC, and I think this could potentially be a home run hire. So do you guys agree that that would be a home run hire in Tallahassee? I mean, Kirk has almost too much swag for FSU, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, when you think of Florida and you think of FSU and their history, certainly Kirk Ferenc is <laughs> is the one guy that fits the fits the mold, right? I can't First, stop laughing. Comes to mind. <laughs> when because they I mean, <laughs> why can't he bring his son? Yeah, I was gonna say like <laughs> that's what I call BS on. Like you can't break up. They're they're a, a deal. Right. I mean, Kirk and Brian have to stay together for no other reason than the best interests of the MBG media empire, because, you know, seeing Iowa fans talk about their offenses. I mean, it's, it's sad, but it's also hilarious. It's on it's on brand for Florida State. You can't spell nepotism without FSU. I mean, they had Bowden, <laughs> Terry Bowden, right. Tommy That's Bowden, right. Jeff Bowden. Jeff Bowden was the OC for Bobby Bowden back with blah, 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 Bowden, Bowden, Bowden. Sorry. Yeah, Mike Norvell, Mike Norvell doesn't have a son, so you might as well bring Kirk Ferentz and Brian in. But What's I want to know what this, what this guy saw from Iowa that made him think, hey <laughs> – we should hire that guy. Like I, I, I looked it up. I think Iowa has this entire season less than sixteen hundred yards total offense. Didn't I say? Wasn't there a stat this past weekend that Ohio State has more touchdowns than Iowa has first downs in the year? Something of that nature. <laughs> I didn't see that, but it wouldn't surprise me. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't know what this guy is. Thinking at any point in Kirk Ferenz's career, would you look at him and say, "Yeah, I want that guy coaching my team"? I want, yeah. I mean, when I think of the glory days of FSU, which Casey and I both had to live through, I'm not. There weren't a whole lot of ten nine games that I can recall. No. I mean, no. those, were, those were offensive explosions back in the day. So yeah, I'm in favor yeah. of this move for whatever it's. I mean, if they want to bring in <laughs> the Ferenzes, that's cool with me. Yeah, we'll take it. We- they used to. They were the first real team to run that hurry up offense, and a lot of defenses had no idea what the heck. Well, how many straight yeah. games did they win in the ACC? Some like thirty some, right? Oh, it, was some... it was crazy. It was thirty seven yeah. at home because Clemson just beat that record. But yeah, it was crazy, crazy. You didn't beat them there. You didn't beat them ever. No, no. So no. Yeah, but I, I'm all about it. Let's go. Bring Spencer Petrus with you. So we talked about uh, Florida State fans being a little bit uh, on the fence with Mike Norvell. Um, and we've talked about this one too, but uh, Texas A&M fans are in one heck of a predicament now. They lost again to South Carolina. And we've talked before on the other episodes that they were already unhappy with Jimbo. And now they're really at the point where they're trying to figure out how to dump Jimbo, which at this point, seems pretty unrealistic. I think his buyout is like $85 million um, to buy him out. Um, So I don't think that there's really much of an opportunity to do that. At least I didn't think so. But there was was a post on Texags, which I think perhaps um, gives us some hope of buying out Jimbo. And this poster says this. He said, what if we sold the Natty Trophy? How much of the buyout would that fund? 
I had to look. I had to look at this because one, I didn't really know there was a national championship. I mean, I knew Texas A and M. I think it was 1939 when they won the national championship, but I don't think they had trophies back then. There, I think they had a Cotton Bowl trophy. I think they beat Tulane that year in the Cotton Bowl. So I think there's a Cotton Bowl trophy. So I don't know if he's talking about that trophy. Or I know there's also when they hired Jimbo, I think it was 2018, <laughs> they gave, I don't know if they gave this to Jimbo or they have it hanging in a trophy case. It's like a national championship plaque and it says 2000 blank blank, implying that Jimbo was going to win one. So maybe that is what he's referring to. I don't know. But I, I'm wondering what the market is yet to be determined national championship trophy or a 1939 Cotton Bowl trophy. Are we sure you're not talking that they're not talking about the 2009 men's golf national championship trophy? Oh, did they win a Ooh. golf natty? I'm looking, I'm cheating. I'm looking. <laughs> I was going to say, man, that's a deep, that's a deep cut right there. How much uh, progress could they make towards that $85 million buyout on a, on a national championship trophy. Uh, what do you think? So I, I'm a bit of a, a memorabilia guy. I'm going to say that's not going to cover it. That, that's my, uh, that's my take. On this. <laughs> I, I wonder what the, what the other options are to get rid of Jimbo. I mean, what are the other options? You're just going to have to let him ride it out. You're going to well, start I mean, a GoFundMe. Well, I, so we've got a, a few options they've talked about recently. I mean, A&M, A&M fans are really, going through it right now. So they're talking about hiring magicians to help design trick plays. Talked about that last week. Uh, I saw a post this week from you, MBG, where they were talking about having their uh, tuba players help their offensive linemen with their footwork, uh, which is solid. Now they want to sell off their make-believe natty trophy uh, to help <laughs> to fund Jimbo's buyout. They're they're in a bad place. And, and the worst part is – I don't even know if they're going eight and four now, right? I mean, that's what we've been predicting all year. Are they three and four now? Yeah, that's the yeah. joke. Yeah. That's the joke. Oh, congratulations. You're going to go eight and four. Yeah. They, they got to close strong to go eight and four. <laughs> they're three and four right now, and they're losing to teams like Appalachian State and South Carolina. South Carolina looked good last week, but is that a proponent of South Carolina looking good? Or Texas A&M just really not being good? Right. Well, this all happened fast. I mean, I, I went back and looked, and I looked at a, a couple other posts that I had pulled. For example, one back in April that says, I'm calling it Connor, meaning Connor Wegman wins us a natty this year, meaning this year. In in August, they were talking about, well, when are we going to win a national championship? Will it be 2022, 23, or 24? Um, and then even in – Well, we've narrowed that down. To not 22. <laughs> <laughs> Even in, in August, well, this one was funny. This one was back in May. There's a poster from a uh, uh, Texan and board. He says, I'm so Randy for Jimbo right now. Thank goodness he's our coach. And all of that was not that long ago. He was Randy for Jimbo <laughs> about five months ago. Now they're trying to sell trophies to buy him out. <laughs> Because not only do you, let's say you raise $85 million to buy him out, you got to have money to hire a new guy, right? You can't just uh, hire a new guy on credit. 
own credit. <laughs> I love the idea of just putting it on your on your credit card. Um, you know what we haven't talked about is having Jimbo work off that eighty five million or whatever. You know, working in the cafeteria like uh, the Auburn fans were talking about last week. What would what would his job be for eighty five million in the cafeteria? Yeah, what, is, what do you think Jimbo's qualified to do? On, is that on Fry Cook? Fry Cook. With, with a name like Jimbo, you would think he'd be working like the garage or something, maybe fixing <laughs> the university vehicles or something, changing tires, changing oil. No, no offense to the Jimbos out there. That no, are, oh, no, no, working hard. No, not at all. I mean, but you just don't picture – you think a guy named Jimbo, you don't think of some guy who's serving you broccoli in the cafeteria. <laughs> That's true. That's a yeah, good point. Right? Yep. Maybe he's out cutting trees or something. I don't know. But This Tex Ag's website is, is showing up a lot to our show. It, so. It's a good uh, spot. Yeah. yeah. They're going through it, man. Like, they're, <laughs> they're in some emotional turmoil right now. It's been a roller coaster, no doubt, for them. And it's only going to get worse. All right. So, guys, for our last post of the week, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to bring in our the friend of the podcast who we're going to start working with here, Joy. How you doing today, Joy? Hi, guys. I got to say, if there is a section I'm happy to come into, it is the Jimbo Slander that <laughs> I am here for. So, Joy, well, you're an LSU fan, I know. I what's your What's your take on our friend Jimbo? I can't stand Jimbo Fisher. I've never liked Jimbo Fisher. I think he's probably the most overrated coach in college football. I think they need to do whatever they can to get him out of there. But but they're stuck. LSU too, wasn't he? Yeah. And we were about to hire him, and then he went to A&M. Yeah, and thank God. I mean, like, we dodged a bullet. We dodged a bull. I've never been so thankful for Ed Orgeron in my entire life. I mean, honestly, we, LSU really owes the state of Texas a big thank you because A&M hired Jimbo Fisher and Texas hired Tom Herman. And so we got Ed Orgeron and we won a national championship out of it. So shout out to the state of Texas. I appreciate you and your idiotic decision making for my national championship. And I know Ed's not there, but that guy's a national treasure as far as he is. He's a national treasure. I love Ed Orgeron. Just didn't, he just didn't need to stay there much longer. Right. (laughs) He did his job and it was time to go. There's a reason that he doesn't have another job. Like, let's just say it like it is, you know, he's not coaching. There's a reason for that. So, Joy, uh, before we get in, I know you've got a post teed up for us to talk about this week. Why don't you tell people where they can find you on Twitter and on TikTok? Yeah, it's super easy. My name is actually Daily Joy. I just go by Joy, so it's easier. So you can find me on Twitter and TikTok. It's the same at Daily Joy F. Daily actually has an E in it. So it's D-A-I-L-E-Y Joy F. There's not many Daily Joys floating around, so it's not hard to find. Yeah, and and does, L- uh, does LSU have a bye this week, or do they have a game this week? LSU has a bye this week. We will always have a bye the week before we play Alabama. The same way Alabama will always have a bye the week before they play LSU, because as much as everyone wants to act like it's not a hard game, it's a hard game. Speaking of that game, you know, we got to get into it. So Tiger Rant, my lovely people that just really love analyzing, 
This was a post from Leo Tiger 725 and he said, after watching the officiating for the LSU Ole Miss game and the Bama-Mississippi State game yesterday, there has been a rash of bad officiating which seemed to favor certain teams and not others. I expect to get screwed in two weeks, but this is unacceptable. Is there something we can do to make sure the game is called fairly or do we just have to sit around and wait to get fricked? And <laughs> I don't even know where to start with this one in all honesty. They got a lot of upvotes, typically right? It got 55 upvotes, so apparently a lot of did. people agree with this guy. It did. Do, oh, man. Do LSU fans expect to get robbed by the officials, or is this just a coping mechanism for what might be the inevitable? I would say as an LSU fan, I don't think we expect to get robbed I will say the Texas A&M LSU game in 2018 really put a horrible taste in a bunch of LSU fans' mouths. The game that like went into 27 overtimes and we lost 74-72. And you go back and watch and you're like, okay, they got screwed by the officials and before the game, you know, ever should have expired. Time ever should have expired. So I think LSU fans just have a horrible taste from that game, and we let that determine every other game. But also, when it comes to playing Alabama, if you're going to lose, you're, you're you're trying to self yourself up so that it doesn't hurt as badly. And we've gotten hurt so badly in the last decade by Alabama that we just do anything we can to, like, protect our hearts in advance. This seems like a preemptive strike to me. Just, like, make sure that everything's in place so that if if something marginal happens, we're all set. What I don't understand is, like, after watching the LSU Ole Miss game, as if we got royally screwed by the referees in that game. I mean, like, if we got royally screwed – and that was the outcome of the game, I'll take it really screwed against Alabama. Like, if that's what that means, then I will take it. I am here for it 100%. Well, and I'm thinking y'all should talk to uh, Tennessee because last week, you know, Alabama fans were complaining that Tennessee had paid off the refs. So, you know, maybe there's – Well, that's because Alabama – when they lose, they just don't know what to do. I mean, it's – it has to be everyone else's fault. It it can't be – that. it can't just be that Tennessee was the better team that day. I find that that's that's normal throughout college football. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that your offense is completely inept. Nope, it was that one holding call. (laughs) The one call that they missed. I have one question for you, Joy, though. Do you you know how to send a certified letter? (laughs) (laughs) I could figure it out. Because that is really the mechanism to really fix things, apparently, in the SEC. You need to leave voicemails at the SEC office and also send certified letters just so you know that they got it. I'll do what I have to do to make sure that these officials are held accountable. Because it's just really unacceptable at this point. Because that's what Alabama fans apparently did after the Tennessee game. So what we're going to see... If Alabama fans' effort to change the officiating works this week, if uh, oh well, apparently it's going to. I mean, we're foreseeing it already. You know, they're they're going to make up for all the calls they missed again against a C in our game. So we're screwed already. We we're not going to win. Yeah, MBG, I, I didn't even think about that. We're really this is a test of how effective certified letters really are, right? Yeah, like, we're gonna. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if Alabama's getting calls early, you know that the certified letters weighed heavily on Greg Sankey's mind. I'm literally on the edge of my seat for the next two weeks until this happens. I mean, the certified letter industry might be getting ready to take off. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if there's a way to invest in that. But Can you buy stock? Do they make Bitcoin or? <laughs> in those little green stickers? Who makes those, right? 
Exactly. They are. They're about to be rich. <laughs> are you going they to be are. at? Are you going to be at the game, Julie? I'm considering it. I'm trying to decide. I'm trying to weigh the cost approach. Unlike Texas A&M and their process of paying recruits, <laughs> I actually weigh cost approach when making decisions. <laughs> and um, I'm trying to decide if spending the money would be worth it if I were to get my heart broken. I've spent so much money over the years at LSU Alabama games, and it's never worked in my favor. Do you so have a national right. champ? Do you have a national championship trophy you could sell? <laughs> Even a make believe one. I mean, I might, I might can borrow the 2019 one from LSU. It's a whole lot more recent than anyone A and M has, but I don't, I don't know that I'm willing to part with that one. It like, it really means something to me, so uh, I don't think yeah, I'd sell it for, one, yeah. for tickets to this game. I went to an LSU game one time as a visiting fan, and I'll never forget. I was walking with a couple other people, and some little, I bet he was five years old, Max runs right up to me in my face and yells tiger bait and then runs away and his dad is just looking at him very proudly like that's my boy we raise and, him young and right down there in death valley yeah, what can I, I the real like death it. valley let me just clarify the real death valley not you'll never, the you'll one never one get in. an argument with the not the one that comes in the real one <laughs> can you answer a question or at least like translate this for me because i went to an lsu florida game back when Nick Saban was the coach at LSU. So it was, it was, I'm dating myself here, but some gentleman came up to our tailgate and just started saying, cold boo Dan, hot couscous, come on tigers, push, 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 or something like that. Is, can you just translate that for me? Well, well it's mainly just us talking about food, which if you understand Louisiana at all, that's all we talk about. So we eat a lot of hot boo Dan, we eat a lot of cold couscous, and they're actually saying push, 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 but, I know, I know. you know, you can't understand, Ed Orgeron just showed the whole world. You can't understand half of what we're saying. And we kind of like it that way. Like, it, it's, it, there's a little bit of guy, mystery behind it. The guy us. from the water boy, right? The, the you know, I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's what I think of every time. Of course. That's that's who we are. And we're proud of it. Oh, no, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I love it. And then All Neck. Right, so I you think, know, you uh, guys sing that wonderful song, Neck, or what? or whatever it's called head neck or whatever it's called neck we're not really allowed to sing it anymore um a fan a ch a, i saw a kid singing that at in new orleans uh, yeah the we're not um espn really shut us down on that when they said that it because it's not family friendly and you it's were so loud that you friendly. can hear it over the you know on tv that they would find us every single time that we played it so um, the last time we played it in Tiger Stadium um, was when we beat Texas A&M Joe Burrow senior year. And Odell Beckham Jr. was there and he walked up to the band director and said, I will pay the fine, play the song. <laughs> and so we played it there and then we played it at the national championship. And then oh, yeah, earlier this year, we had another team come in. Southern came in from Baton Rouge and their band played it and they don't get fined. So we we shout out to Southern for that one. We appreciate you bringing the tradition back. Today. I'm pretty sure there was a second line down Bourbon Street and the, the band was playing it. I'm pretty sure. Oh, we were thriving after that national championship. That was probably the greatest night of my life. I'm not married yet, but my husband have a hard time matching that one. I mean, it was the greatest <laughs> night I've ever had. <laughs> All right. So we're going to wrap up the show a little bit differently this week with a new segment that we're calling Guess the Fan Base. So MBG going to read a message from a message board that none of us have seen and based on our context clues we're going to try and figure out 
which fine fan base posted this one, right, MBG? That's right. Here we go. So this guy says this. He says, blank fans just want a level playing field, and that is fair to expect. If we get beat, so be it. I don't see how anyone can argue blank is getting poor officiating more often than not. Name one game blank won by a call or calls. It is time to go play the next game, though. I hope they take their frustration out on the next opponent. All right, who's who do you think that is? Some picked on fan base. So I don't know when this was posted, but that sounds like a post-Tennessee Alabama fan to me. Okay. Casey? Oh, man, that's tough. I mean, we've been we've been going. I'm going to say Syracuse just because they're hot on my brain. <laughs> Joy? I think I have to go Mississippi State on this one. All good guesses. Like Give it to us. And and whose is correct? That is an Alabama oh. fan. And I love this post because of his first line that says, Bama fans just want a level playing field. That's all they want. <laughs> That was what I, that's what made me think it. <laughs> all they want is just for things to be fair. That's for all other they're teams to for. stop cheating. Exactly. <laughs> I thought, I didn't think you guys would get that. Um, congratulations, Hoos. Thank you. Undefeated. All right. <laughs> that's I think that's it. Right, guys? No, that's all I brought. All right, so that'll do it for this week's episode of the MBG Podcast. We'll see you next time, losers.